Hello and welcome back to the Talking Walls podcast. It's the first of the season and I'm absolutely delighted to be back. I'm joined by two familiar faces. First off, we've got the main man himself, Dave has a party. Dave, how you been, mate? Very well, Matt. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to pre-season, uh, which obviously we're going to be talking about. So, yeah, keeping well. Thank you, mate. Good, good. And of course, we're joined by now another Talking Walls regular. It's George. George, how you doing, fella? Yeah, I'm all good, mate. All good. Looking forward to the season. And me. Um, we, we thought we'd get our heads together for, for this podcast. Uh, but, you know, we've still got a, just under a month now until the Premier League st- season commences. But pre-season is fast approaching. Wolves are already in Alicante at the minute. Uh, on their pre-season tour. They've got three games out there. We're actually going out there next week. Well, Dave and I are going out there next week to to, to do some content and have a little bit of fun. We're actually stopping in Benidorm. Um, so that should that should be fun. And of course, we'll be doing content whilst we're out there. So we'll keep you all updated. But we thought we'd put our heads together to almost preview pre-season. I know we've had a couple of games behind closed doors against Forest Green and Burnley, but this is where it really starts to hot up. So, Dave, how important is pre-season for a squad? Like, is it a chance to trial new things? Is it about building fitness? Do results matter? I don't think results matter so much. I think it's all about getting your fitness and your sharpness up um, and also giving the opportunity to some younger players, which I think we'll talk about obviously later on in the podcast as well. But, you know, some fringe players, some 23s players, this is the ideal opportunity for them to really sort of, you know, stamp their mark on, on this team. And we know Wolves is a small squad. We're even smaller now as, as it stands. So there's a good chance for some of these 23s players to, to like you know, come in and show what they can do. Same with some of the players that have come back off loan, such as Morgan, uh, such as Connor Ronan. Um, but yeah, results don't matter so much. You know, I thought last season was okay, but we lost to flipping crew last year. So um, yeah, it's not all about results, although we have started off quite brightly. Um but especially if Bruno wants to switch to a back four, which you, there's rumours that he is. Obviously, this is the ideal time to do it because when Nuno wanted to do it, we didn't really have a pre-season. So this could be uh, this could be a big pre-season for us. It could. Uh, it'd be good to see Bruno with a, a, another false pre-season under his belt and hopefully with a few more players who he's identified to, to fit. Identified? Identified to fit to fit <laughs> the system. <laughs> um, George, are you, are you a man who's fussed about results in pre-season? Not really. I think it, it all comes down to, like I say, it, especially if the transition to a five to a four is going to happen. You want the team in problems now, then like the start or the mid of the season when you try and do it. So for me, not so much. I'm, I'm really intrigued to see how we go with it. Obviously, we haven't really, we've heard like reports about what's happened behind closed doors and the systems and the formations, but not actually been able to physically see it or watch it. So I'm really interested um, to, you know, try and watch it on some streams. Obviously, unfortunately, out there, I'm out in uh, Italy um, for some work business. So uh, I'll try and get on uh, the iPad and watch watch it out there. But yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's, it's, it, it isn't that important, but you don't want to go in. Losing is a real bad habit to get into, especially how we finish the season as well. I feel like, you know, we, we need to start getting a winning mentality back around the squad. Yeah, like we've picked up two wins already against Forest Green and Burnley. Of course, Burnley relegated last season, so they 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 beat us last season at, at Turf Moor. So you know we've already got one up on them, and which is positive, and also scoring goals, Dave. It's uh, yeah, yeah, it's good to see because last season it was probably the most difficult thing we could do. Yeah, and that that bodes well. If that's an effect of us moving to a back four, that would be great. I think. 
the next two weeks are going to be obviously a much better indication on that because one, we're actually going to be able to see the games and two, you'd argue that we're playing against slightly tougher opposition. Um, so I am intrigued to see how it goes. I, you know, I think we'll see a mixture of both back four and back five and it's going to be up to, to Bruno and his team to decide wh which one he thinks is going to work best. Um, I think it's good to have both combinations, obviously, but um, we saw, especially under Nuno as well, when we did switch to the back four, we looked so much better going forward. I think the key for Bruno is to just play the back four, but tighten up uh, the defensive line. Um, but yeah, scoring more goals, as, as football fans, we know, we saw price per goal last season cropping up because, you know, and, and with the prices of tickets going up, which has obviously been a talking point this week as well, um, scoring goals is only a good thing. It is. George, do you think he already knows that he wants to go and, and play at a back four for the majority of the season? And if so, do you think he already knows who his back four is going to be? Because that seems to be the big question, doesn't it? And everyone's already writing Connor Cody off. Yeah, I think um, definitely you could, you could see that's what we wanted to do last year. And like I say, I think we've, I don't know I've mentioned it and it's probably mentioned on other podcasts and, you know, other people's opinions, you know, how we didn't get any points out of those first three games last season playing about four, I'll never know. I think that's obviously his preferred system and formation. And I think he probably realises now that, well, we, we played about five for most of the season and we ended out on a whimper. I think he'd rather actually play his style of system, his style of football and go out swinging in terms of, yeah, to try and get results. I think um, back four for me is definitely the way forward. I think he probably doesn't know. I think um, getting Nathan Collins through the door is a brilliant bit of business. Um, I think he definitely will be probably the first, well, for me, should be probably the first centre-back on the team sheet. And I think that there's a lot of, there is a bit of a myth and around Connor Cody playing in the back four. For me personally, I don't think he can do it. But until you actually see it, I don't think you can completely write him off. And I definitely don't want to be one of these people or even give them oxygen to even start suggesting we try and shoe on him in in like a four or don't, one. Don't, so, don't, do, do not say it because you know what no, you know. It's like he wasn't good enough to play centre midfield for Wolves in the Championship under in a squad. So what he's going to be supplementing Neves and Matinho at any point. <laughs> nah, just, yeah. If, if it's time for him to not be a regular starter, then that, that's fine for me. But don't try and shoot on him in anywhere. Do you not think Geordie could sit in between Neves and Matinho? In between How do you the remove people line? from this stream? How do I get that? <laughs> <laughs> I think he could sit in between the defensive line and the midfield. <laughs> I think people are desperate to, to shoot on him in, but I think that's almost testament to to, to him as as a it character is, yeah. because they're desperate to get him into that team purely for his, his organisational skills. We've got a piece actually coming out on, on TalkingWalls.co.uk. It should be out by the time the podcast comes out on what's next for Connor Cody. And I think it's important not to, to write him off. Yes, we may switch to a four, but there's still going to be an opportunity to play in a five. And he still may play in the four. I think with his character, if Bruno says, look, in a four, you're not my first choice. He's not going to be like, okay. I think he'll be like, well, I'm going to show you that you're going to get, I'm going to, you're going to play me. So yeah. it, it remains to be seen what will happen with that. But I'm sure over over pre season, over the, the next five games that we've got booked in, we'll probably get a better understanding as to as to what that will look like ready for the 6th of August against Leeds. Just looking at the schedule, chaps, we've got Alaves next Wednesday, then 
Uh, a quick turnaround for Levante, uh, just about an hour and a half from, from where they're playing in Benidorm. On, that's on a Thursday. Besiktas back in Benidorm on a Saturday. And then two fixtures in the Algarve, one against Sporting Club de Portugal and then the other against Ferenc. Again, those two are within consecutive days. Dave, last season we saw this. We saw fixtures coming thick and fast in pre-season and end up picking up a couple of injuries, notably yes and Mascara. Is it something that concerns you having fixtures so close to each other, especially when I say we've got a small squad? I know we've taken a lot of youngsters out there, but is it a concern? Um, not so much at the moment. I think the Mascara one was sort of bad luck, and we saw it happen. It happened again, didn't it during during the season? Spurs so game, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that was a little bit of bad luck. Uh, I think that, that is key to obviously get, get your sharpness up, especially so close to the season. Um, you know, there's going to be different 11s for both 45. So if you're playing 45 one day, 45 the next day, you sh in theory should be able to to cope with it. Um, so yeah, it, it's not not anything that particularly can overly concerns me. I think it's a norm really uh, now nowadays in the norm um, in modern football. And George, looking at those opponents, are you are you happy with the quality of opposition that Wolves will be facing? I mean, Sporting uh, are a good side. I mean, we only faced Besiktas in Europa League a, a couple of years ago. Alaves and Levante, uh, well-established clubs in Spain. There's some good oppositions there, in my opinion. Yeah, it's, it's a good test, and I think again, it's that. Like I say with the games coming so thick and fast, it might might even be the fact of we end up throwing one or two of those. And what I mean by that is we might. You know, you want to build, you can't just be playing 45s and then someone end up playing 90 at Leeds. You might see that the fact that we play like, I think I think the Sporting Lisbon game is probably where you're going to see closest to what our first 11 will be for that Leeds game. Yeah. Uh, and then on the, you know, the following day, we might, you might see some of the youngsters and stuff. I just think, yeah, it's a, it's a good test of opposition. Um, long gone are the days of going over to Ireland and playing Cork, Bohemians and Shamrock and coming back and, uh, yeah, getting the season started with Mick. So um, no, it's a testament to you know where we have come as a club in the, in the, in the last few years. Um, in terms of that, you know that we're demanding and playing this sort of stature of opposition. I think in pre-season. Yeah, I think the sporting one is probably the pick of the opposition, and 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 for the Wolves fans who are travelling out there, and I know there's quite a lot travelling to Benidorm, and of, and of course going out to the Algarve. It'll be Wolf, Wolves fans first. First chance to see Matthias Nunes in the flesh, but of course in a sporty <laughs> shirt and not a wool shirt because he doesn't want to join Sonny Wolverhampton. And you know what? You, you can't blame me, but that's for another podcast. Looking at the squad, Dave, um, quite a big squad that they've taken out. If you if you look at the the youngsters and the fringe players who have who who have gone out there, some notable omissions from the squad: uh, Patrick Catrone, Leo Bonatini, Fabio Silva, and and one that surprised me was was Bruno Jordão. How do you feel about? Him being told, according to the Express and Star, that he's plus the requirements. I'm surprised because, as we know, central midfield is a is an area that Wolves aren't um, overly, you know, haven't got a huge depth in. Um, Bruno loaned well when he was loaned out last year to to Grasshoppers. Bruno said it was mainly to try and get his sharpness and fitness up again ahead of this season. But I think it's clear now that he's he's, he's not in the plans, which did surprise me. I think he's been a little bit unfortunate with injuries. Um, when I've seen him in glimpses, he's looked okay. The Reading game in the Carabao Cup, which I think most of us will remember a couple of years ago now, he was decent in, um, as was the likes of Shabani, who's obviously left as well. So I'm surprised to see him not even included. Um, and then obviously you've got the likes of Catrone, who 
had his hair cut on when was it Tuesday <laughs> and I, as far as we're aware he was meant to be going then I think it must have been a last minute thing for Catrona because the barber even said hope you enjoy Spain <laughs> and he's not on the plane so I, go I, back to Valencia yeah yeah <laughs> see I was see I was told that he wasn't going just before the squad came out and I thought that can't be right that can't be. and he, he was so I think him uh Bonatini Jordao I think they don't have futures at Wolverhampton Wanderers. Catrone, it, it, it's a weird one because when he was back training and stuff, when we saw him get the assist against Burnley, I was sort of, I was, part of me, and I think a lot of people will, part of you was warming to the idea of maybe just giving him another opportunity. Um, but I think if Silver goes, and Catrone is obviously not staying, another striker has got to be inbound. Got yeah, to be on route. Absolutely. And, and Catrone, from what we gather, he's still living at the Mount, isn't he? The yeah, he looked Hotel. absolutely. He looked upset, didn't he? You see, there was a picture of him just eating dinner on his own outside the mount. So, yeah, I mean, you've yeah. got to, you've got to feel from a little bit because he still doesn't speak great English. Does I think there's only one person at the club who who speaks Italian, and that was one of the cleaners. I know you've got to make an effort to try and settle, which I don't think he probably has. By obviously still living out of a hotel and not learning the language, but you, you have you have got a feel for him. He's been flown out, uh, flung out by his boiled club. Uh, for quite a considerable fee at the time, and it and it and it just hasn't worked out for him. But the, the silver one definitely um, interests me, George. Do you think that a low move is right? It's understood that he's going to Anderlecht, um, and if he doesn't go there, then he will be going out elsewhere. It's a big risk, isn't it? I thought he might get a good pre-season and and, and challenge role. Yeah, I think arguably he was. He had the spells of last season where he was outperforming role for me as well. And I know people. Um, sort of a quick to point in the stats region of how he's performing and if he's a flop or not. And uh, the people who have actually watched him realise there is a bit of a player there. And it's sad for me. I, 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 I like the fact that we are like saying, well, he's going out on loan for a year, but we're going to extend the contract by a year because it does mean like he's still very much in the long-term plans. But it just scares the life out of me that we're going to let him go or potentially let him go without someone else coming back, in, you know, back the other way. So I think that having two strikers, for me, I think you need three strikers. And so the fact that we're going down to just Raul, especially on the back of last season, on the back of obviously the horrific injury the season before, I think we're really light up there. It does concern me a bit. So, yeah, I mean, if you go to Anderlecht, the, the ideal thing is you go to Anderlecht, he scores 20, 25 goals, comes back and, yeah, we um, we integrate him back in. But if he goes there and or goes elsewhere... And doesn't really hit the ground running. He, he's not worth that thirty-five million quid anymore that we paid for him, and that's the that's the that's the gamble for me. Yeah, it's uh, it, it is a huge gamble, but he's, he seems to be keen on the move, and I do write that. I know he's got a bit of arrogance about him, but he believes in his own ability, and and, and so he should. He's, he's a good player, and obviously the, the the fee that was paid for him puts a lot of pressure on him, and, and it's not his fault. So, if he does go, and it looks like he will, we wish him all the best, and hopefully he comes back and potentially starts the Wolves, because, you know, a couple of, that's a couple of years away, and Jimenez isn't getting any uh, any younger, is he? Uh, a few players who have been included, Dave, Hugo Bueno, Lemba Kisa, Joe Hodge, Harvey Griffith, Chen Campbell, Theo Corbiano, all, all young players who have uh, done well in the under twenty three. Some of those have already been out on loan, and uh, and one player who's in there who, who I still think he's about seventeen years old, but I think he's twenty four, which is Connor Ronan, who <laughs> reportedly he's, 
he's going to be set to give a chance by Bruno. I, I was shocked to see that, considering they were valuing it at 500k. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, you were, you are right. I think the press in Scotland said the 500k thing, and well, for a start, I think that is quite cheap anyway in the current yeah. market. But I think we've all we've all known that there's there's a football player in there. There's a good player in there. Um, but I've said it a number of times. I think the way Nuno set up, the way Bruno was set up in the last year. It never suited him as a player. And it's similar to Morgan. I could never see Morgan in a midfield two, maybe as a three. And I don't think both Ronan and both Morgan are both almost nippy enough to play on the wing either. Um, so I think he, he's had to have these loans out. He's been all across Europe, Scotland, Slovakia, uh, all sorts. And he's got the experience now and he's getting an opportunity. Had a good year in Scotland last year. Um, and yeah, like you said, he'd be given an opportunity. Some of the players seem to like what he's about. I think he's a good set piece taker as well. Saw him whipping the corner for one of the goals uh, against Burnley. So I think that's always a bonus as well. Look, I think there's a there's a lot worse than him that could be sat on our bench for the next season. Um, if we, you asked me this question three weeks ago, I would have been saying no chance. Um, I, I want somebody better. But, you know, if it's true and the players think he's good enough, then... Give him, a, give him a chance. I think the next two or three weeks will definitely show us what he's about. Yeah, because I know we a couple of weeks ago, someone put on one of the Wolves pages on, on Facebook, like he'd put Connor Ronan, like he's, he's you know, they did like a squad depth graph. Yeah. And I was I was pissing myself. I was like, surely it hasn't got that bad. But Jordy, it looks like he's he's going to give him the chance. And you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do because the glimpses he's shown, and of course, in a poorer team, in a poorer division, Man City away, of course, he did really well there. He's actually not quite a good player. But yeah. are we just desperate because we've not got any other signings in and we're like trying to find positives out of any nook and cranny? I think I think it is more so out of necessity than Bruno saying he wants him as part of the squad. I, I, I can't believe, you know, that he's gone... Was it St Mirren last year, wasn't he, I think? Was it St Mirren, I think? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then... You know, you're integrating a guy that you loaned out to St Mirren the season before at 23 into a Premier League squad. It doesn't quite add up for me. But I think, you know, he's always been, he's always had that little bit of potential with him. And I think he made his debut Sheffield Wednesday away, wasn't it, under Lambert? I think I think that was right. And Morgan made his debut against Stoke in the FA Cup in that year. Mm -hmm. And he won man of the match. And like, you're thinking, you know what? Like, I know he's Irish, but he's technically he's come through the academy, hasn't he? He feels a bit homegrown. And I'd like to see him given a chance. And I, I completely agree with Dave. I think for him and Morgan, it's imperative to play 4 2 3 1, like with a, with a 10 or a, a chicken tikka mosala, as we call it. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> like to get them in. so I, th I, do, I do think like the system hasn't been accommodating to those sort of players. We've been quite pragmatic and structured. And yeah, I'm interested to see. You know, I do think there is a good player. I, I, I think I said it on the on the pod at the end of the season. We did um, that. I just don't. I think he'll have a decent career, but I just don't think it'll be in and around Wolves into or in the Premier League. But yeah, let's see. Let's not write him off too quickly. Yeah, because Large is known for, especially his time at Benfica, of course, coach throughout the, the youth system and blooded through a um, quite a few players, uh, uh, most notably Joao Felix at, at Benfica. I'm not saying Ronan's going to be the next Felix, but, you know, it's he, he's got an experience of bringing through these players and he obviously knows what he's doing with that. So, who knows? I mean, a, another couple of players on there, Dave, is, I mean, Hugo Bueno, who, 
of your under 23s last season was was immense. You can can you see him playing a big part in pre-season? I know at left back we 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 used to be stacked, but not so much anymore. Yeah, I think he's he's gonna have a lot of opportunities. He's a very talented player, did well at in the 23s, probably the star player for the 23s uh, last year. Um yeah, I, I think so. I think, you know, right now because of Keanu Hoover going out on loan, um, Bendergood's Boller going back out on loan. You know, we've got three wing backs at the moment. Obviously, Johnny could play both sides. So I think Bueno, if he impresses, he's got a chance to be in and around the first team a lot more. Having him and Aiden Ori as the left wing back options and Johnny and uh, Nelson Samato as the right wing back options. Um, so he's a good player. We'll sign him from Spain as a number 10. Uh, so he's good on the ball. And that's what, that's what mental, we saw. isn't it? I know. So that's, what, that's what you can see, you can see when, when he plays. He's so good on the ball. Um, good left foot, decent right foot as well. Scores goals and... Yeah, again, you know, I know we've got very limited footage of the first two pre-season games we got, but he was involved and did really well in in the Chiquinho goal that we saw against Burnley. Um, so really excited to see what he can do against, you know, tougher opposition over the next few weeks. And you, and you talk about the depth in the, in the wide areas there. Of course, at, at, at right back, you've got Samedo and Johnny Hoover's gone out on loan, but Samedo's still... Um, doing a little bit of rehabilitation after the hamstring injury. We've got Dexter Lambakita who can play right back, George. Can you see him having a uh, a big say in, in pre-season? He's going to have to, isn't he? Because I think, uh, like you say, the, yeah, there's no other choice, really. It's going to be interesting to see how these under-23 step up because um, the, the one that really excites me is, is, is Breno. Any time I've watched anything of the 23s, and I think he's going to be... He looks a real player, and I think that there's a good chance that because for me, it doesn't feel like Aitnery is as typical. I don't think he's taking his chance under Bruno. And I, I think, you know, the fact that Marcel kept coming in and out, I don't think he's completely sold on him. So it'd be interesting to see how that happens and, and goes in pre season. But like I said, for all these young lads, there's um, a good chance to go out there, make a bit of a statement, and make a bit of a name of yourself. I remember when uh, the Asia, it was the Asia Trophy a couple of years ago, and like Dion Sanson had a good. Good few games, never thought, oh, you know, it might get integrated in, and it, I know he ended up going out on loan. But I, I also think to add to that as well, it could be a quite a big preseason for someone like Luke Kundal as well, because yeah. he's had a little bit of um, experience now in the first team. He's probably seen as a senior player, I guess, in terms of him in, in, in the Wolf squad and, and Bruno's eyes as well. And I think there's probably going to be a bit more of an expectancy on him um, and to, to play well and perform. And I think that, you know, you know, he had some decent flashes when he when he came into the team. I thought he was excellent at Tottenham away. And I think that, yeah, like for me, yeah, it's just exciting to see really what some of these players are doing now they've had the step up. I think because a lot of Kundal's had a, a taste of that Premier League, that first team experience, he'll, he'll want to step up and he'll want to make his mark. To, to him, he's not one of the youngsters trying to impress. He, he wants to be in that first team. He, for me, he's, he's putting pressure on Den Donker to be that, that third man third choice and he's quite similar to Matinho in his play maybe if you know if Matinho needs a rest you'll be saying I, I want to play another player as well Dave and probably on the same kind of uh, seniority as as Kundal in that first team is Chem Campbell um, he's, he's played at right wing back hasn't he against Burnley yeah in, so I mean quickly going back yeah quickly going back to Kundal as well yeah. I think that he could play slightly more attacking than Matinho we saw him he almost played as a false nine towards the end of the season for the 23s and he was getting among the goals quite Good often. Goal scorer, yeah, yeah. yeah, so I'm not saying he, you know, he's going to be Raul's backup for argument's sake, but I think if, if you are going to implement a system where you've got a number 10, 
and whether Pedence Morgan plays there, I think Kundal can definitely play a role there as well. Uh, but yeah, Chem uh, Campbell played. I remember the last season at Coventry, Bruno bought him one as, as a right wing back. I was told that's where he played against Burnley as well, but I'm not I, I'm not 100 sure on that. But um, or right back at least he might have played. But I think he's a good player. He's definitely a more attacking player this season. He's grown up a lot. He's been a lot more ruthless. He likes to beat his man. Um, I think he's just got to get rid of one or two stupid things out of his game. I think he got a couple of red cards last season, one for headbutting and another one for kicking the ball away, I think, when he was on a booking. So just daft things like that. But that'll, that'll come with age and experience. But definitely a player. Again, as daft as it sounds, you know, we, yes, we lost Jaquinho. People expecting us to sign a winger. Good pre-season for Chem Campbell and he could get shoved right back into the first team frame again. Who knows? Who knows? Um, lads, I'm going to ask you um, a couple of questions here. I'm going to ask you firstly, who you think is going to shine in pre-season? Gibbs White was the player last season and look what happened there. But also someone who's playing for the future. I'm going to come to you first, Jordy, if that's okay. Who do you think is going to shine pre-season for Wolves? Um, I was thinking about this. I think someone left field who could actually have a, a decent pre-season because I think he's going to get some minutes. Who We haven't seen a lot of at Wolves is um, Sarkic. I think he could. Um, Good chat. Yeah, you know he's had, he's had um, new contract as well. New contract. One of um, one of my work colleagues is a senior older at Birmingham, and he just waxed lyrical about him. And I think it'll be interesting to see. You know, genuinely, you know, I I, I, I believe he went out to Birmingham because he wanted first team football. Uh, he's going to be the number two this season, and as good as Saar was last year, I don't think Sarkic is. In just going to rest on his laurels and be happy to be number two. I think he's going to want to play. So I'm expecting to have a, a really sort of um, good pre-season there. Um, in terms of people, like say, you know, playing future, all that sort of stuff. Uh, again, a little bit left field, maybe. I think someone like Willie Bolly, he's someone who could be playing for his future. I think um, he were, you know, obviously had the long COVID. He was very, you know, spent large spells out of the team in the last sort of 18 months. And I think that the fact that we've signed Nathan Collins, the first centre-half we've signed in, what, five years? Four years? First team. First half It shows that Bruno feels like we need to strengthen in that area. And I think that, you know, Sice has now gone off to Besiktas. Um, Bolly's probably next. Bolly and, well, you've probably got Bolly and Cody, but Cody, like we've already touched on, probably got a bit more... Um, Rope, should I say? Then, then Bolly. That I think Willie Bolly is probably someone who's playing for his Wolves future at, the, at this stage, and um, good player, one of the best centre halves I've ever seen in a Wolves shirt at his prime and stuff. But yeah, he he's not been the same since he come back from that that long COVID stint for me. I don't think he's been quite the same since he had that ankle injury as well. It's that couple nearly three seasons ago now. It's yeah. just it's just he's not been the same. He's had he's had spells where he's looked back to his best, but. It, it, it's a shame. And he put some really good answers there, Jordan. I wasn't expecting that. Dave, um, who do you think will shine this, this year for Wolves in pre-season? Um, I think Morgan again. I think Morgan will be really up for it. Uh, I think he's got a show. Regardless of whether he wants to stay at Wolves or whether he does want to move away, I think he'll show how good he, he is. Um, I think, obviously, like I said, last pre-season, I thought he was solid as well. Um, so I think Morgan will be up there. Um, in regards to players, I think, like you said, we'll be looking maybe elsewhere. I think Totti Gomez and or Mascara as well, playing for their future because I think almost sort of the flip of what George said, I think it'll be one of them definitely going out on loan and whoever probably performs better out of them will probably 
end up staying. I think the obvious one right now is Mascara because he stayed with the 23 so most of the season. And Gomez actually played our last couple of games, didn't he? Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think both of them. Be interested to see how Totti Gomez gets on as well. First full pre-season at Wolves. Obviously, was with us for most of the second half of the campaign. Um, same as Mascara, you know, got injured halfway through last year's pre-season. So, both capable centre-halves. My honest opinion, I don't think they're quite there to be solid, regular first-teamers yet, but this is a good chance for them. So, if we do go back to a four, and that's predominantly going to be the formation that we play, perhaps you don't need as much cover. Would you be adverse to sending both of them out on loan? Uh, I think it's a little bit of a risk because... Yeah, you've got, say, for example, like Kilman, Collins, um, Bolly and Cody. Then Don Chris needs both. Yeah, I still think it's a bit light. I'd still have one. How about I'd you, John? I, I still think we need that insurance policy of the five. Yeah. Because yeah, you still look at it and there's, you know, uh, the, the the real reason why we do play or did play back five is it just doesn't trust us in the four. So... You know, it, it, it's scary to think that you could be playing the likes of Man City and Liverpool, Chelsea's that sort of ilk with the back four. Not saying we can't perform well and get results or anything like that, but it does like unnerve me a little bit. I do think we're a little bit weak at the back still. So I would keep them just as insurance policy. Cool. Good answers, good answers. Right, we're moving on to the questions now, guys. Um, so we've had quite a few questions on Twitter, so thanks for uh, sending those in. Mars asks, what do you anticipate to happen with Adama and the, the whole situation? He's been uh he's not been in any of the training pictures the past couple of days. Dave, what, what do you think is gonna happen there? Rumors that Wolves are willing to accept 10 million pounds for him. West Ham and Everton said to be interested. What do you think is gonna happen there? It's odd that they've not included him on the pictures. Really weird, yeah. So I mean someone just messaged me asking what, what I think's going on. I don't have a clue. Weird that we saw him fly out with the team, so we know that he's is at least in Spain, whether he's with the Wolves team or if he's with another team, I don't know. But I, I, I really don't know. I think for that value, maybe I would, I would keep him. But at the same time, if he's bringing a negative attitude and atmosphere to the club, then I understand why. I don't know. He might have come and, and picked up a knock. I'm not sure. But yeah, strange that he's not there. Do you reckon, George, what do you think is going to happen? What do you want to happen? Um, it's tough, isn't it, really? I think... For me, I said it at the time, I, I would have sold Adama at the height of his powers after that season where he's come off the, you know, because I don't think he would ever going to be, his stock would never be as high as it was um, after that season. And um, yeah, I think for 10 million, it, it's a shame really. Like, I, I think it's mad that we're going to potentially sell him for, and we haven't made a profit on him. I know there's one year left on his deal and I know it, it, that's how it works with contracts and stuff, but yeah, for me, like 10 million quid to sell to potential rivals, like still in terms of, you know, direct rivals in terms of Everton and West Ham, who will be, will all be in and around probably that, well, outside the top six to wherever you want to, wherever you want to cut that off. I want to sell him to a rival. I think really, you know, what's really killed us is that low into Barcelona not working out. Mm-hmm. Um Still, I don't think to this day, I don't think anyone outside the football club understands what the hell we were doing. Um, but yeah, like for me, I would keep him. I think he's still an asset. But like you say, what Dave said, really, it's if he is being disruptive and negative or bringing down the mood, which from the pictures you have seen, 
and the, the Instagram stuff. I don't think he's that sort of character. No, Maybe no, he's, but yeah, I mean, for me, ten million quid for Premier League club is not really, you know, it's not going to make a difference to keeping the lights on or off, or it shouldn't anyway. So I'll just keep him, and if he goes on a free, he goes on a free at the end of the year. I completely agree, mate. I'd love to keep him. I'd absolutely love to keep him off the bench. He's um, he, he has a real impact. What do you think, Dave? Do you think they should should keep him or cash in if it's ten million quid? I don't think it's worth worth it for ten million. If I'm honest, I would I would keep him. Out. Like I said, a lot of people disagreed with me on Twitter, but I don't think it's any secret that our form dropped off after he left. I'm not saying we would have finished higher, but I, I certainly don't think we would have finished any lower than we were with him, with him in the team. Uh, you saw his last few games. Maybe he already knew he was going. Maybe the shackles are off, but great, uh, great goal against Southampton. Scored against Brentford, which was so tight and disallowed. Mm. But just imagine that. I know he's not going to be happy with coming off the bench for 25, 30 minutes. But if you've still got that option where you're either chasing a game or you're leading the game, we can still bring him on. Rather than a team pushing you, they're going to sit a lot deeper because he's on the pitch. So... Yeah, in an ideal world, I'd like to keep him, but I can understand the club's point of view and a lot of surrounding factors that might might make the the situation different. He's got. A, I was going to say, sorry, Matt. I was going to say, either he's got a high opinion of himself for his agent, as because you know, obviously that Barcelona move, and he, he was touting himself for like bigger clubs than Wolves. For me, he's got to prove it. Like he's pretty much wasted six months of his career at Barcelona. That's done his stock no good. He's took that jump up again and back. He's at Wolves. And I've said for a long time, there's a reason why he's been playing for Middlesbrough, Villa, Wolves, and that is just not at that level to play for one of these big clubs for me. So I'd love to see him play. And you know what? If he goes on a free at the end of the year, he can be playing for a bigger wage, bigger sign-on fee for himself. So selfishly, he's probably better off staying at Wolves, in my opinion, because he'll get a better deal out of it if he performs. Do you think there could be a possibility if he does perform the say, start of the season that he gets a new deal at Wolves? But I, I think he's personally made his mind up that he doesn't want to be here and uh, he, he turned down a, a bumper contract previously. He's not going to get that, but do you think there's think, a possibility he could stay past the year? I think him and Morgan are probably in the same boat where Wolves have almost it's a little bit it's a little bit of a tricky situation for Wolves, but if they are lucky with it and for the next four, five, six months show that they're gonna trust these two players, Adama's gonna get a good amount of minutes, Morgan's get a good amount of minutes. It's a risk, but the players might think, actually, yeah, I'm having a good time now. They're giving me a good amount of game time. Yeah, I'll sign a new deal. But it's a huge risk. Morgan, not so much, but Adama, obviously, it certainly is. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see. I found it interesting that when um, when Wolves interviewed Nathan Collins and someone asked the question, which Wolves player is the most difficult player to face, without hesitation, Adama Traore. So... Speaks He's not volumes. Trained him yet? <laughs> he played. No, he played against him at. Um, yeah, what you would imagine, wouldn't yeah. he? So yeah. that's when Adama flattened him. Remember, he went on that mad run and ended up hitting yeah. the bar. Flip yeah, him, yeah, we should have squared it, but yeah, that's it, that seems summed up. Uh, Alex <laughs> has asked, "Are we going to score any goals this time around in pre-season?" I think we'd already, already got with it, but gents, it looks uh, it looks promising so far. We've managed to get was it was it three against Forest Green? Four, four, four one, and three, seven nine. goals in two games. That's probably Might more than we saw in Molyneux all season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should we should see some goals. Uh, Christian's asked, with our lack of signings so far, can you see next season being heavily reliant on the youngsters we're using pre-season? Not, not heavily reliant. I think the squad's still there. I think the core of our squad is still here. 
you know, the players that have left are not, I know Sace, you could argue, but other than that, there's not, you know, we've still got a huge part of our squad still here. And Collins, I think, is a good start. If you can have one or two more, I don't dislike some of the young players that have been involved. I don't think we're heavily relying on them. I'm not saying we're not going to use 23s because well, that's the whole point of your 23 squad. But um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd, ideally, I'd still like to see a few more, especially with the subs going up to five subs. I think you want some quality players, almost like, right, if I'm bringing Raul off, I want someone of an equal quality or someone that can offer something completely different to come on. And I don't think we've got that in certain areas at the moment. Jordan, what do you reckon? We're going to be using these youngsters in pre-season a lot more in 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 the Premier League. I think it again, it depends on how it goes, right? Like like we said, with like you know your likes of your Ronans, your Kundals, there's an opportunity there. Like Dave said, there's five subs this season. We're going to have to rely on that to get us through some games. I think my only my only again, like I think Collins, like I said, very good sign. It's a good start. Like it's sort of what everyone's saying is it just feels like we've got a bit stagnant with this core crop of Wolves players. I think the fans are a little bit bored of it. Maybe mm-hmm. even the players themselves are a little bit bored with playing with, you know, each other week in, week out. And I think um that's my only thing. I do think it needs a freshen up. And I think if you just sta- if you stand still long enough in this division, you get swallowed up eventually. Um mm-hmm. and that's my fear of it all. Standing still in this division is going backwards, if you ask me. You are right about freshening up. It's uh, even as a fan, like seeing the the pretty much the same eleven barring a couple of players. It's boring. Like you want, you want, you want to get excited about an unknown quantity, don't you? you? Want you know a new player coming in, like Collins. Obviously, we've seen him, but I'm really excited to watch him play because I know he offers something different to what we've got at the minute. Yes, him and Kilman are similar in terms of progressive and carrying the ball, but. You know, it's it's exciting, and that's what I want to feel as a Wolves, and I want to feel excited that we're we're turning a little bit of a page. And yes, we may concede a few more goals, but we're going to have a go, and it's going to be exciting. So, hopefully, mate, hopefully that is the case, and they get a few more bodies through the door. Um, Kate has asked whether we're going to be live streaming from Benidorm. Uh, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not too, I'm not too sure yet. Um, we will be After doing the 10 p.m. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, well, she's asked if we're live streaming the bars. We might, I mean, we might do a, a podcast from a from a bar if a bar embedded or all allow us to do so. But I'm not sure if we'll be going live. We might go live on like a match review or something yeah. after the games. Um, but we shall see. But very, very much looking forward to it. And, and our final question uh, is Benidorm related. And Sean asks, what factor sun cream will you be using? Dave, what factor sun cream? I'll ask you as well, Jordan, when you're in Italy. So don't, don't worry. Uh, you're going to be asking. I, I sunburn very easily, to be fair. But like we've had this discussion, Matt, not me, you or you and aunt. We enjoy the sun, but we're not sort of avid sunbathers, are we? So um, I'll probably go safe with the 50, to be fair. Can still tan, obviously. Can still tan. We just look, you get your money's worth, don't you? It's all gloss. Right, it'll be sticky to everything. <laughs> get the carrot oil on. <laughs> That's what I I'll have a bit of carrot. 20 SPF with a bit of carrot oil, tanning oil. It's perfect. But I, I like you said, I, I, I enjoy the sun as long as I'm doing stuff in it. Like I could walk for the sunning days, I could like like work in the sun. But if I'm just sat there sunbathing, I get I just get bored and agitated. So and of course mm. I could sit in the sun and get pissed all day. So that'd be good. George in Italy, what factor sun cream will you be using? Uh, it's got to be uh, 50 water play, I think. I'll, I'll take it one step further, get the water nice. play. Nice. <laughs> nah. No, I think, yeah, I'm there for like three, four days. So, yeah, you probably go down to like, yeah, maybe you get down to a 20, 30, 20, see what happens. But, uh, yeah. 
So you are you work are you working your way down as you, as your tans topped up? Is that what you're doing? Is that like the strategic no, plan? Yeah, but I've never like heard that. of that. I'm usually like to be fair, I'm that like usually pale. I'm I'm pretty much see through. Uh, so yeah, you need to make sure you don't burn. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, you've got to work your way down. And uh, like I say, boys, I'm very jealous of you being out in Benidorm, but I uh, <laughs> I can't uh, I can't get it off, unfortunately. No, need to raise the annual leave with your missus about three months in advance, mate. I'd put, the, I'd, put the, I'd put the I'd put the feelers out like sometime there's gonna be I said we're going to Germany. She's like, that's fine. And I told her we go to Benidorm. She's like <laughs> told her it's work. She doesn't have to start going up with work. She probably thinks I'm flogging boilers out there, so we shall <laughs> we shall see. But I am very much looking forward to Benidorm. I know you are as well, Dave. And we are we are gonna be doing content out there, hopefully daily content i hope you're going to do a podcast in the morning and stuff every day and there may not be a lot to report on in terms of the football but i'm hoping there's quite a lot to report on in terms of uh what we've get, been getting up to and you may even see some familiar faces i know that judah and liam Keane from the Western star are going out there so who knows there might be a might be a, a few features with those guys those guys but i'm afraid that's all for today i've, I've enjoyed it i've enjoyed that we that we're back and we're firing on all cylinders so thanks for Thanks for your time today, guys. George, where can people find you should they wish to follow you on socials? Um, on Twitter, at George 7 Dave, where can people find you? Yeah, Twitter and Instagram, Dave as a party. I am M. Cooper Wright on Twitter, Matt Cooper Bites on YouTube. And of course, we are Talking Walls across all socials. Uh, don't forget to also look at talkingwalls.co.uk. We've put together a, a wonderful new content team of providing daily insight pieces, features, um, and, and, and all, all your transfer rumours. I did a piece a couple of days ago where I spoke to the uh, the, the, the fellow who, who scouted Collins at Stoke City, and it's a real good insight there. I, I urge you all to go and read that. I really enjoyed doing it. Um, but, of course, until next time, don't forget to like the video, subscribe if you're new, and, of course, let us, let us know in the comments down below if you've got any views on what we've been discussing. And we'll see some of you in Benidorm, but until then, take care.